is going on, everybody? My name is Gabe. And I'm Matt. And welcome to another episode of the Tentacle Bot Podcast. And uh, today we are going on to uh, week three of our, our new format. And uh, Matt, why don't you go ahead and tell us what we're talking about today? Absolutely. So today we're doing a little bit of a smaller band compared to our last one. Today we're actually going to be breaking down the history of Bless the Fall, which... Uh, for those of you who have been listening to the podcast for some time, is one of my favorite bands, so this is a very highly anticipated episode. But before we jump into that, let's talk about what have you been listening to recently, Gabe? Yeah, let's let's definitely put a pause on that because I'm gonna have some thoughts. <laughs> I this is this this is the part I'm excited about. Um, yeah, so uh, for me lately, I've been listening to like a lot of psychobilly stuff. Okay. Uh, so um, it's been a lot of Tiger's Army. Uh, Interesting. For me. It's just. I don't know. For some reason, it's been really scratching that itch for me lately. Okay. Uh, Necromantics has also kind of been on that list, and then just bleeding into like normal punk stuff, so like Bad Religion and uh, and No Effects and all those kind of guys. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's it's been pretty good. I, I literally spent all of today listening to Tiger's Army. It was great. that's awesome. <laughs> Uh, what about you, man? So lately, um, actually, it's been a lot of bless the fall, just in anticipation for this episode. But outside of that, I've I, I can feel the rabbit hole starting for um, actually Doja Cat and Dua Lipa. Uh, I was actually talking to a buddy of ours, Dave. I'll be completely honest. I have heard both of those names in passing. I could not tell you a single song they do. Okay. So <laughs> up until up until yesterday, um, as of the time of recording, I had listened to one and actively known one song by Dua Lipa. And uh, one song by Doja Cat, and the only reason I knew about that, about her and this song, was she had done a performance on the 2020 MTV EMAs, I believe was the actual uh, event. And it was actually kind of cool. I talked to our buddy Dave. Um, He's one of the guys that Gabe and I play Magic with, for those who may not know, is... I had brought it up to him, and the the really cool thing about this performance was she took one of her pops, because she's a pop artist, a pop song, but she w- did it with a metal band. So it was almost as if it was like a, a metalcore rendition of it, but it was still the poppy vocals that she had been doing. So kind of like what Poppy did? Kind of, yeah. Okay. Um, and I, I, I misspoke. I do know who Dua Lipa is. I know her song, I think, what is it, Levitating? Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's the one that I know. I just looked up Doja Cat. I have no idea any of these song titles. So I know this isn't your speed, but uh, actually that's the only song I actively know by Dua Lipa. And part of it was because her music video is actually strongly inspired by Sailor Moon and the animation style, which, like I said, isn't your cup of tea. You're correct. But David showed me a couple of the songs by each of the artists. So I kind of got to get, get a feel for a little bit more of their material and I'm kind of hooked. I feel like it's going to kind of scratch scratch the pop itch that I really haven't had um, kind of satiated. Uh, outside of that, dude, it's really been listening to a lot of Chris Turner. I mean, I, ever okay. since that last song huh. came out, I've been really hooked on. And just an occasional single here, single there. But I'm really excited for Chris Turner's solo album. And the other thing that I've been listening to... Which I think we just we just rip this bandaid off. Yeah. So yeah, as Matt mentioned at the top of the cast, we're going over the bless the fall. Oh um, no 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 before bless the fall. Oh that this <laughs> band aid. Oh dear God, this band aid too. There's a band aid on both of our knees. <laughs> yes. Papa Roach put out a new record. 
Yeah. We'll talk about this one more in length next week. Uh, just kind of as unpacking it. Okay. Um, I, I feel like that's probably a better better setting for it. But just two sentences. Give me your thoughts. It's all bad except for one song. And the one song that isn't bad, I can't get enough of. Which song was it? Kill the Noise. Okay. Fair enough. Like, I, like I literally, I had the song on repeat on my way over here to record this episode. And I'm like, I can't get enough of that song. <laughs> it's, ooh, it's fantastic. Um, j- before I get your two sentences, uh, the last thing I want to bring up for singles I listened to recently, Electric Cowboy dropped uh, Spaceman. That's right. That was actually a lot of fun. It was cool. I did like it. Uh, yeah, for uh, for Papa Roach, um, I, I do gotta agree with you there. Um, Kill the Noise was probably my favorite off of mm. it. Stand Up also, I, I didn't hate that one as much. Stand Up, honestly, Stand Up was mediocre in my eyes. The only I'm trying to remember. Let me pull, actually pull yeah. up the like, like so straight up. Kill the Noise basically sounded like a skillet song, mm-hmm. um, and then like from there it kind of became a Papa Roach album. I, I, yeah, honestly, I, I haven't listened to enough of Papa Roach. I've listened to a. I don't want to say a fair amount, but a decent amount. Yeah, and it, I don't, I don't know what's happening anymore. Ego trip just like threw me for a loop when he starts rapping in Spanish, but poorly. Oh, dude! As soon as that came up, so the first listen through the album, I I listened through about half of Kill the Noise. I started the song over. I'm like, "There's no way this is this good," and I sat there and listened to that probably another. T- 13 times at least <laughs> and then went through the rest of the album and i'd get part way through a song skip part way through skip part way through skip so finally today i'm no, like you know basically what basically me through red hot chili peppers i'm like <laughs> you know what i'm gonna just sit down listen to the the record all the way through yeah uh ego trip was really weird dying to believe had the potential to be something um always wandering i feel like was actually kind of I wouldn't say a sleeper hit on the album, but it actually was surprisingly okay. Hmm. Um, we'll definitely have to dig further into this because I, I definitely want to remember yeah, cause, cause what that's this... not what today's cast is about. Exactly. So, as we mentioned twice now, <laughs> <laughs> we're going over Bless the Fall. So, Matt, why don't you go ahead and introduce us to the band? Absolutely. So, back in 2005, I believe it was four. Um, Bless the Fall was formed, and the lineup consisted of Craig Mabbitt, who you may remember the name. He is the current vocalist of Escape the Fate. Uh, Jared Worth was on bass and backing vocals, and just to verify, um, Craig Mabbitt was on vocals. Matt Trainer on drums. Mike Frisbee on rhythm guitar, and I don't recall the name of the original guitarist, but he ended up dropping off, and Eric Lambert came on on lead guitar. They were under a previous name for some time, but once they uh, had kind of come together, they changed their name to Bless the Fall and would end up becoming the entity that we've now known. It was uh, Miles Bergsma was the original lead guitarist. Okay. Um, from th- That sounds 2004 right. 2004 to like. Halfway through 2005, it looks like. Yeah. Uh, and then in 2006, we were hit with their first full-length album titled His Last Walk. 2007. Was that really 2007? <laughs> 2007 yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then the roller coaster starts. Yeah, so let's take a take a break there um, and, and talk about kind of like what happened when His Last Walk kind of hit the scene. Um, so these guys are actually native out of uh, here in Arizona. Um, Arizona, 
take that for what you will. East LA, the yeah. <laughs> anymore, um, yeah. So this one here, I remember really getting back, really getting into this album, and uh, it, it had to have been junior high when I was listening to it because mm-hmm. it was right in that same time where I was really into like arms, like sna- uh, these arms are snakes, Alessana, mm-hmm. um, Norma Jean, kind of all of those. The the really the best way to to call them anymore it is like what screamo was defined as yeah it was like screamo slash post hardcore yeah, is po- like the like best your post hardcore your kind of very emo metal mm-hmm. um w- w- was kind of like it was part of that sound and like things that we can also kind of throw in there would be like early memphis mayfire or uh uh, the word alive yep uh, all, all of those kind of guys they all kind of ran in the same circles and um really kind of developed what that scene what what the metalcore scene in the early two that or late 2000s would mm-hmm. have been um and i feel like his last walk was really just kind of indicative of that like if you were to listen to the album front to back like we did it's very much just kind of one of those albums that it is the perfect contrast between the pseudo heavy that they had done mm-hmm. versus the uh kind of like clean emo catchy choruses uh that we would we, we that we would have seen from like Andrew McMahon or uh Dashboard Confessional, mm-hmm. Secondhand Serenade, all those kind of guys where it was really more about the the ballad and the song and this was just kind of adding a little bit of grit and edge to it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's um at least for picking out some of the big songs out of it, Guys Like You Make Us Look Bad is the absolute number one. Mm-hmm. It's still it's one of those songs that they actually have uh, in recent years have still played live or at least thrown in um, recent is in like the last time they toured. I think it was 2018, uh, 2019, 2019. Yeah. Uh, which was actually the 10 year anniversary of their following record, but we'll jump back to yeah. that. Um, Guys Like You Make Us Look Bad, again, is really the big one. Black Rose Dying is another pretty popular one. Then you have uh, songs like Hygienia and... Uh, rise up I yeah, believe. They're, they're, yeah those are those up. are the other two that you uh we've actually seen sprinkled into some of the bless the fall live sets throughout their throughout their time even after they were quite separated from his last walk yeah his last walk like the actual title track which happened at the end of the album was actually my personal favorite song off of okay it. um that was also the one where he got to feature purple dog which was the <laughs> purple the, dog the hidden track that they did which is basically them singing about some weird acid trip i don't really have any purple idea dog on a sunday it's it's such yeah. a stupid song <laughs> yeah it, it, i'm not even gonna get into that like I, that was my first time actually experiencing a hidden track Okay. Because I accidentally left it on. Like every time that something like that had popped up, I, I wasn't really in the know. Didn't have a lot of friends growing up, so like I didn't hear about like, oh well, at the end of this ten minute track that's on the end of the album, they have like a hidden song. I that that was kind of the same thing that happened to me. I had just it, not been paying attention. I was like, why is it so quiet? And then all of a sudden, Purple Dog starts. Yeah, I'm like so this. It, is it was so between dumb. this one and then a band called the W's, which were like part of the third wave Christian ska movement, which mm-hmm. was both terrible and amazing, and I love it to my dying day to my dying day but they had a song called huey and at the end of that they had a hidden track where it was some guy singing stupidly about five iron frenzy which is phenomenal i recommend checking that out that sounds fantastic (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so this one here was uh kind of a part of those early installments with hidden tracks Mm -hmm. too and so with the history of the band is really the next two years would be a very 
rocky point for the band. Uh, I believe it was 2007-2008 period. Craig Mabbitt actually left to take on the frontman uh, roles in Escape to Fate after uh, various things were going on with Ronnie Radke, which we could end up just going over with that episode whenever we decide to do it. Yeah, long story short, basically, uh, if I remember the details correctly, Ronnie Radke had been... He, he had been in and out of prison and couldn't. Uh, he was unable to tour due to uh, not being able to violate his parole. Mm-hmm. You know, part of that being like not able to leave the state right. for extended periods of time and all that jazz. So when Escape the Fate parted ways with him for those reasons at that time, that's when uh, Craig Mamet kind of stepped in. Yep. Uh, so there was some time spent where Bless the Fall had been touring, and it was actually Jared Worth was on uh, lead vocals. And he would just do the screaming parts, and I had actually seen some live video, and he would end up actually having the crowd doing the clean parts, Mm -hmm. just because I think at the time he wasn't comfortable with his clean singing. Which he we would actually come to see a little bit of that in the later time for Bless the Fall. And I believe it was 2008, was Bo Boken had come in, and he was formerly of something the crown steal the uh, take cr- the crown take the crown stealing the crown is basically the same yeah thing. it's pretty close <laughs> and from that point is we would see almost the full you know the full lineup that would stay till uh for a significant amount of time one thing i am noting here just on this article that i'm looking at um it looks like that mabbit had left the band during a tour um, to spend more time with his daughter. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. He's having some issues there. And like, yeah. I understand that, like, especially if you're like breaking out from a single album into this, like I can understand how that can kind of be like yeah. this very striking difference. Um, but he had finished recording the first album with Escape the Fate because in that interim time, that's when he had joined. Yep. Um, he got a call from the band stating to come, asking him to come back, and he refused, um, stating, citing too much bad blood between the management and him. Gotcha. Okay. I'm sure that there's underlying things there, especially with him leaving in the middle of a tour kind of Mm -hmm. thing. But I feel like that just kind of needed to be mentioned here. Yeah, it's just some additional additional insight. Yeah, because realistically, that it's always kind of a weird situation whenever we have a band that starts off with one vocalist for like an album, Mm -hmm. and then they depart, and they're still kind of considered to be a centric part of that band yeah when in reality the next five albums are all boboken yep so i, I feel like that kind of separation just kind of needed to be made there yeah no absolutely because it it's kind of the same thing with the the escape the fate parallel with ronnie radke mm-hmm. always kind of being part of the face even though he's gone on and made falling in reverse which is hugely successful and we've had mabbit on the last I think roughly about five escape the five, fate records six, as well. seven somewhere in that window There's yeah some disgusting amount <laughs> yeah but it, it's kind of one of those things where like we still think of ronnie radke associated with escape the fate mm-hmm. regardless of the fact that he hasn't been a part of escape the fate since 2008 i think yeah yeah and honestly if if you talk about escape the fate in any way shape or form ronnie radke is going to come up because there's going to be the people who prefer Craig or prefer well, Ronnie. That's because there's going to be the good version of Escape the Fate and then the Craig Mabbitt version of Escape the Fate. <laughs> <laughs> I'll die on this hill. Fair uh, enough. Anyway, uh, we'll go ahead and uh, and move into the uh, the Witness era. So th- this is the uh, the first album that featured Boboken. Uh, it was released in 2009. And um, this one here, 
was probably my most liked out of all of them. Mm -hmm. Not to really say that it's a high bar, just because I, full disclosure, I am not a fan of these guys. Mm -hmm. There's nothing inherently wrong with them. It's just I don't like the style of metalcore. And it's very much just kind of cookie cutter, and I don't feel like they've really changed much up, mm-hmm. except for kind of just doing the normal metalcore route and going a little bit poppier in their later years. Yeah, that's a personal preference. Mm-hmm. That's kind of just where I'm coming from as I kind of go over this stuff. Yeah, and that's completely fair. And um, as I said, is like this is one of my favorite bands. This is actually the record. Um, I actually have a tattoo. Uh, there's the Monarch Butterfly on the album cover, and I've actually got the Monarch Butterfly on my leg it's it's one of my all-time absolute favorite records and it's just filled with bangers yeah so this one here um we have uh songs like god wears god wears gucci um hey baby here's that song that you wanted uh, to hell and back yes. what's left of me mm-hmm. um i mean e- even if you go to some of the stuff that wasn't played as much in shows but there's like 590 there's um when the the title track is an absolute rager and then it closes out with stay still which is still one of the best ballads i think i've ever heard (laughs) (laughs) but for sound wise is they kind of continued the post-hardcore kind of sound that we had seen with his last walk, but it was actually moving a little bit more in the metalcore direction. So it was actually more, more of the actual metal as opposed to the, it almost, it almost seems pop punky in some aspects of the song. Very much so. And I feel like they were kind of just like in that realm with everybody else. Cause mm-hmm. th- this was also like pop goes punk heyday. Yeah. Um, where we, they actually get featured on uh, pop goes classic rock, but I'll go over that here in a second. Um, also notably when they went into record witness in uh, at this time, um, this is also the time where they signed to fearless records. Mm-hmm. Um, so prior to that, they had been on a Warner subsidiary called science records or science. Uh, yeah. Science records. Yeah. Obviously fearless has a, a little bit more of a hold into the, uh, the scene community. Right. Um, so that, that was kind of a, a big jump for them where they kind of like exploded onto it with, with his last walk, but then they kind of really got to cement it when they signed on with Fearless mm-hmm. through uh, Witness. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it was Elvis Besquette was the producer for this one, as well as their following record, which between Witness and their record uh, Awakening in 2011, Mike Frisbee ended up leaving the band for personal reasons, and they brought in Elliot Grunberg, at the time was 17 like on the verge of turning 18 he had been in a previous band in i believe ohio yeah he was in uh, before their eyes legacy and settle the sky yep and then he came in and they put out awakening in 2011 and this is where they really pushed into uh prior to 2011 they did in 2010 that's when they released uh dream on uh, their cover of dream on by aerosmith okay okay on punko's classic rock Honestly, I always thought Dream On was uh, done with Craig Mabbitt. Nope. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. So moving forward. (laughs) No, it's not a good cover. No, it's not. It's not a good cover whatsoever. A lot of the pop, the punk ghost covers end up being pretty mediocre. 
more than a better half of them are solid. Yeah. The ones where it was like punk goes classic rock, where they're just straight up these metalcore bands that are butchering these classic songs. Mm-hmm. That's where we went wrong. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> but, but yeah, so um, we have Awakening that comes around in 2011. Um, this is really where like th- this was their first actual like metalcore record through and through mm-hmm. where we got a lot more of the pop punk uh post hardcore in witness this was more focused on the metalcore with a uh kind of splattering of pop punk with a couple of songs like bones crew as well as 40 days yes um uh, as you had mentioned as well this one was also produced by uh, elvis basket mm-hmm. um and this also uh confirmed nope i read that wrong never mind ignore <laughs> that <laughs> um yeah so they uh they headlined the fearless friends tour which was like kind of just like this fearless records mm-hmm. uh whole lineup that they've done we've seen this in the past as well like i've i've seen epitaph records uh, do a similar thing. I Rise like did that. Rise one. did. Mm-hmm. I feel like I went to a Fearless Records one at one point, but I yeah. can't remember who it was. I was really mad. I wanted to go to the Fearless Friends tour because that was back in 2011. It was Bless the Fall, The Word Alive, Motionless and White, and Tonight Alive. And it was actually and Chunk No Captain Chunk. That's right. I that's forget. A name I, totally I forget about. Chunk No Captain <laughs> Chunk exists. But it was that was actually how I got introduced to some of those other bands. But oh my god. This yeah this this era was re- really got me excited about the band. So to backtrack just briefly, I didn't get into Bless the Fall until 2010, and the initial listens to them, I was like, "This is garbage! Like, what am I listening to?" And as Should background I your for instincts? <laughs> <laughs> up to this point, is a lot of the heavier material I was listening to was. All That Remains, Killswitch Engage, Slipknot, Lamb of God, The Devil Wears Prada, um, unfortunately, Five Finger Death Punch. Oh, dude, come on, man. You don't admit that on air. I, we're, we're here, unfortunately. They, also, I, I, this is a complete sidebar here. Did you see that they're going on tour, and guess who is supporting them? Oh, Megadeth it's the is. Hugh of uh, Fire from the Gods. Who is the other one? Oh. Megadeth. It's <laughs> oh, so gross. <laughs> Oh like, no! Wow, how low do you have to go where you have to uh, accept supporting Five Figure Death Punch at this point? Like, just no. No. Anyway, um, <laughs> finally I got into the band and I actually picked up Awakening the day it released. And so you got them into in two thousand nine then. No, um, Awakening. So oh, in twenty eleven, yeah. So I had been into them for a little while. I finally went and picked up the record and. I mean, starting off with the title track being an intro right into Promised Once, just an absolute banger of a start, coming into Bottom Feeder, which is an absolute fan favorite, followed by I'm Bad News in the Best Way. There's tons of songs through this record. It's such an emo name. I'm Bad News in the Best Way. Like, <laughs> yeah. It literally belongs like on a dashboard confessional t-shirt. I, I laugh <laughs> at a lot of Bless the Falls names where bands like... The Devil Wears Prada, for example, had the just off-the-wall names like Goats on a Boat. Hey, John, what's your mm-hmm. name again? HTML rules, dude. Bless the Fall seemed to kind of be like, hey, we're going to lean towards the kind of amusing song titles, but they're going to be not quite as amusing as everybody else does. So yeah, it's going to be... That was a really 
big trope that happened in mm-hmm. like those early years. Yeah, it was between about 2005 and 2009, 2010 was really the the hot spot for it. It, it, it was basically like you, you you took some form of recreational drug. You snorted cocaine, but sprinkled in there was Panic at the Disco. Yeah. And like that's basically what ended up being the metalcore scene and mm-hmm. I look back on it fondly. I am so glad we got away from it. <laughs> Dear God, am I glad that we got away yeah. from it. No, it, it's... Uh, looking back at some of the music from that area, or era, um, we'll take this tangent for a second. I'm happy with what came out. I'm glad that that is no longer the standard. Yeah, it's one of those things where it paved the way for what we have now, and exactly. we can appreciate it in that aspect. It's like looking back on things like The Beatles or Blue Oyster Cult or mm-hmm. uh, Insert X or Y Classic Hard Rock and or Rock and or Metal Band here. Mm-hmm. Like They obviously paved the way. Like I have the utmost respect for Metallica, except for Lars, because he's a turd. <laughs> <laughs> trying to look for a pg way to say that yeah i don't have to like them but i can absolutely respect them for what they did because obviously trivium my favorite band is heavily influenced by metallica yeah trivium just took what they did and did it better and then took off with it and we can look back and and look at the the new metalcore uh, realm that we're in at this mm-hmm. point and we can appreciate what it came from those early the Word Alive, Bless the Fall, mm-hmm. Escape the Fate, Devil Wears Prada, all of these guys. Like We can take those early versions of them and really respect them and look fondly on what they did. But looking at what they're doing now and what came about because of them is better as a result of them existing. It, Otherwise, absolutely. we would have just exactly that 20 years later yeah, or 15 years later or 10 years later or whatever it mm-hmm. is. And uh, with the Awakening lineup is this is going to be what the lineup is for a large num- uh, amount of the time moving forward. And we'll briefly touch on the only uh, the only other lineup change that has happened in their history. But the uh, Awakening uh, kind of tour cycle, we definitely got to see a little bit of additional growth. In, in the band overall, we got to see him really kind of rooting more into the metalcore sound. But apparently it wasn't enough growth when compared to the other folks on the uh, Fearless Records label, at least from a kind of trying to quote a, an article I had read around the time of their follow-up Hollow Bodies. There was a lot of growth seen for Motionless and White uh, back in... 2012 they had put out their infamous record and they were seeing a lot of uh, a lot of promotion life cycles back in 2012 for the word alive absolutely blew them up uh this was actually word alive with their second vocalist who funny enough they started with craig mabbitt too and they were from arizona as well yeah that's right i always forget that yeah like that that was such like a, a very small blip mm-hmm. before it became what, what was it telly telly yeah yeah um Tonight Alive got to see some growth. Chunk, no Captain Chunk. But Bless the Fall didn't really see that as much. So what Bless the Fall did is they they put out just an angry, angry record in 2013 titled Hollow Bodies. Yeah, so this one oh. here was uh, produced by Joey Sturgis, who is kind of just a mainstay name. 
in just rock and metal in general. Yeah, it's almost like the all, the best way to li- describe Joey Sturgis's work is like, hey, did you listen to a metalcore album between the years of 2007 and 2010? You've heard Joey Sturgis's work. <laughs> exactly. Like he he paved the way for a lot of different things uh, in that time frame. Mm-hmm. Now you're just going to mostly see him in ads for neural DSPs and yeah. <laughs> different editing softwares and stuff like that that you can use. Um, they're not great, but they're also not made by him. They're yeah. just made by a company that bought the rights to his name for right, that regard. Right, right. Neither here nor there. Um, so that being said, yeah, this one was produced by Joey Sturgis. Um, main singles on this one here were You Wear a Crown But You're No King, Deja Vu, and See You on the Outside. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's a close second for my favorite album that they've done. You did forget to call out uh, the title track as one of the big singles. Well, you know what, man? I'm just looking at what I have on my screen. <laughs> <laughs> and what I have on my screen did not include Hollow Bodies as a single. <laughs> the um, couple other songs to call out, especially off this record, which were huge uh, fan, favorites at, fa- fan favorites at shows. Wow, I just tripped over myself really hard. <laughs> Um, Exodus is a fantastic opener. That's the first song on the record. We've also got Carry On, which featured uh, Jake Lurs from August Burns mm-hmm. Red. Youngbloods featuring the vocalist of Stick to Your Guns. Isn't his name Jake as well? I think so. Let me double check. Yeah, no worries. Uh, I and then, this. <laughs> so this is, and d- just to also let you know, is this is the first record that we actually see guest features on the, um, on on any of the songs. Yeah, they had and uh, initially intended on having features for Awakening. They wanted to get like Tim Lambesis on there and Ronnie Radke mm-hmm. and a couple others. Uh, it just wasn't able to uh, pull pull through. Yeah, and uh, kind of uh, actually piggybacking off of that, they were actually it was in an interview. I believe Eric Lambert had said that they were actually working on trying to get an EP done to include all those features. Yeah, but they had to scrap it. He said in an interview with Brian yeah. Stars, I think it was uh, the other vocalist for the guest vocalist. On Young Muds was Jesse Barnett. Okay, Jesse Barnett. Yes. Uh, and then the third feature was actually the pop singer Lights. Mm-hmm. Um, so, fun little fact with Lights is she's actually married to Bo. Yep. And a little bit of another Easter egg, if you will. I didn't find this out until doing a deep dive to Bless the Fall years ago. So, the song 40 Days that Bless the Fall had done, it's 40 Days dot dot dot. And then if you actually look at some music that Lights was putting out, she has a song that's dot, 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 and counting. So it's kind of a a (laughs) little interconnection between the two. So that was kind of fun. But this is a very, very highly held record for a lot of Bless the Fall fans because it was them really just like... We're a metalcore band, and they became a lot less riffy like they were on Awakening, and it was just more breakdown heavy and it was just like we are going to put out something angry and that's what we got here yeah I, and i feel like this at at right here in 2013 i feel like this is peak bless the fall yeah and from here we're gonna start seeing a decline and i don't know that i can call it ultimate demise yet because nothing has been said we'll, we'll get there yeah we'll get there so um yeah uh, i don't have anything further on hollow bodies did you uh, not that I can think of, but following in 2015 was their release of To Those Left Behind. This one started out really good for me, and uh, then it just slowly fell off. <laughs> this one, 
I remember up to, so hollow bodies i had actually pre-ordered the album i got the album i believe it was exactly on the day it released this record i had pre-ordered at when they were actually on warp tour of 2015 mm-hmm. and i got this album i think it was a week early i was beyond stoked i'm like bro i'm gonna get to listen to the new bless the fall i listened through it and something about it when I was done, I felt like I was just wanting more. I felt it wasn't like an empty feeling, but it was an empty feeling. Like I was like, I was like, this can't be what it is. There's got to be more to it. There's got like, there's something else that I'm not hearing. And this was when looking over the entire arc of the band, as we speak, this is probably the weirdest record they had put out of all of them. Very much so. We start to see, less of the metalcore that we had gotten in hollow bodies but they started pushing a lot more of the pop elements and the electronic elements that we had seen in hollow bodies and started pushing those a lot more i i would almost venture to say that instead of going really in the more pop route they kind of went more the atmospheric route i could see that Where yeah it, it it was just kind of like trying to invoke these like feelings of like wistfulness and want mm-hmm. uh, w-o-n-t specifically yeah <laughs> Um, and just kind of like this general air of both comfort and confusion. And I feel like that's kind of just present throughout the album. Yeah. And that, that's, I mean, considering it's called to those left behind, it makes sense. And there's a lot, it feels like there's a lot of references to like missing home and just not. And at this time, Bo Boken had had a child with lights and the child was maybe a couple years old. So I think that was definitely weighing on him quite heavily. Mm-hmm. So th- having that much pr- present in the record makes a lot of sense. For sure. Um, notable ones off of this record are going to be Walk on Water, Dead Air, and Up in Flames, which I believe were the three singles that were released off of that it. That sounds right. Um, the, yeah. other, um, the other single, uh, at least it got a music video, was Oathbreaker, which they had played at some shows. Mm-hmm. And... Really, for me, the four songs, I actually hate Up in Flames. I, with Bless the Fall, I like a lot of the things they've put out. I just don't have a song that I have a genuine hatred towards for them, like Up in Flames. Really, it's Walk on Water, Dead Air, Oathbreaker, and the title track to Those Left Behind is, those are really the four big hits. Mm -hmm. Uh, quick backstory on Walk on Water from what I'm aware of is this was actually a song written by Elliot, the rhythm guitarist, for a friend who had died. And it's a very, I don't want to say anti-God song, but it's also a very like anger towards higher beings kind mm-hmm. of song. Like it, it's re- it's really sad and angry and it's probably the number one, if not number two best song on the record in my personal opinion. I also think this is the first time they were explicit, if I'm not mistaken. No. Um, with Oathbreaker. No? No, they, um, there was, think, uh, not including the soundbite from, uh, hey baby, here's that song you wanted. No, that's um. So back on to hell and back. Um, Jared swears. I know there was <laughs> there's swearing. Uh, f bombs dropped in hollow bodies. I. It's the 
I wasn't listening very closely then. <laughs> that's that's fine. Honestly, like I I've listened to these records enough. I could I could pick it out pretty easy. Yeah, as you I, guys can tell, Matt's the expert on this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the song that they had done with Jesse Barnett. So I think it was at the end of Young Bloods, but the way they made it work was where you would hear the F bomb. Oh, that's is right. the pinches. I did hear that. So there was the, that like, self-censored exactly in a way. I remember that now. Um I don't think they did it all on Awakening. So this would have been the third record that would have um yeah. uh profanity present. Fair enough. Uh, then with that, we go into the last record uh, that we've received from these guys, which is Hard Feelings. Um, this one here is kind of, I feel like, a healthy blend between like To Those Left Behind and Hollow Bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, it still has kind of like, it, it, it's no longer really like this like atmosphere mood kind of music. Mm-hmm. It is just your normal riffs and breakdowns with emo hooks and choruses. Yeah. And this is also the first record. Um, I believe it was late, late 2017. Uh, Bless Fall was actually signed to Rise Records. So this yes. would be released on Rise. Correct. Yeah. So they, they uh, closed their deal with uh, with Fearless and, and had moved on to Rise, mm-hmm. which I don't know. I'm usually kind of not a fan when a band signs to Rise Records. They're yeah. Kind of like a. I don't want to call them Walmart. Well, let's call them Target of uh, <laughs> of heavy music I record labels. That, yeah, um, that's just kind of like where I feel that every time that a band signs to Rise Records, it feels like something comes amiss. Mm-hmm. Um, not always like Spite, for example, like they've signed to Rise, but oh yeah, that's making right. things meaner and angrier than ever. So. It's not always the case, but it just seems to be kind of a trend. Yeah. Well, and I, Rise Records was so pro, so known for some time for having a lot of the really big metalcore, almost behemoths in a way. Like they had the Divorce Prada for mm-hmm. some time. They had Memphis Mayfire. They had. Yeah, um, I do remember that as well. Oh, uh, what's this? Stu- uh, like Boston Flames, they mm-hmm. had on. They had uh, Miss May I for some time. Like they, they've had a lot of big names under them. I think wasn't Silverstein on Rise for some time for a short while. Yes, I uh, believe they were on Fearless before then. Yeah, too. and then like Crown the Empire. I think it was like there, there were yeah. a ton of names associated with Rise Records. So a lot of bands were getting called just Rise Core. And it was nice that Bless the Fall, when they came into it, is they weren't just a Rise core band. Mm-hmm. But like you said, like to those left behind and Hollow Bodies just kind of push forward. But this one was all the electronic elements were less of... They were accents and they weren't the main focus. Yeah, and it was it was almost like a an actual pop accent as opposed to the accents like we would have seen from a band like and I, we've quoted this band a ton the devil is prada they really use it as you've quoted this band a ton i bring it up casually <laughs> that's fair i get i mean devil is prada is just such a big name in metalcore it's yeah you almost have to compare them in, in a way but it felt a lot less like a almost generic positioning of the electronics where it was a little bit more like we are pushing for an actual pop sound and it was pushed throughout and it seemed to just do a really really good job of making the songs work out Mm -hmm. 
singles for this one, it started with Melodramatic. I believe second single was Wishful Sinking, and then we had Cutthroat was number three, followed by, I think the last single we've gotten from it was Welcome Home. Yeah. I believe was the the course of it. But throughout the record, there were a lot of really, really good songs. Oh, Sleep is in Phoenix was another one. Mm-hmm. That got a music video. It, it, by the way, if you watch that, Bo looks like he's trying to be Kurt Cobain in it, and it makes me laugh, but somehow it works. Like, just aesthetically, he looks like he's trying to be Kurt Cobain. Unironically? I want to say unironically, yeah. Oh, God. Um, so it's like, <laughs> like hair's like a little bit disheveled, um, just almost looks like a normal guy. But absolutely fantastic song. Like those are the really big hits. Find yourself, um, feeling low are a couple of really good ones that I don't think get enough love. Overall, it's it's a strong record, and unfortunately, we haven't seen anything since from them. Yeah. So, um, it also in that same year that they released it, after um their headlining tour uh with the word alive, Matt Trainer announced that he was departing from the band. I was at that show and dude, I <laughs> felt that there were, okay. This, this show was really cool. It was a nice send off for Matt trainer. There were actually people with popsicle sticks and cutouts of his face in the crowd. And it was, it just, everybody was having a blast. And I, I think because of what he had, him being one of the only mainstaying members throughout the entire history of the band, him leaving, there there was no other way other than to give him a, a proper send off. For sure. Um, Post uh, trainer, we had uh, Connor White touring for the remainder of mm-hmm. 2019 and what began into 2020 before everything shut down. Uh, since then, we haven't really seen anything from the band. Um, the most that we've seen was. Uh, Bo had posted on his Instagram, and I, I, I'm so sorry that he had to wake up to this because I just sent this as soon as I saw it to Matt. Before before you bring that up, the before that happened on April Fool's Day. Oh, I was so mad about this. <laughs> they put up their like new song dropped on Spotify, and I'm like, bro, bro, bro. <laughs> I went on like. I legit signed on to Spotify. I was like, bless the fall. We getting hit with something nasty. And I was like, please don't be a joke. And I looked and I looked. And y'all, I got played. I got played hard. Matt was a definition of punked. Yep. So on Instagram, Bo Boken uh, posted a picture of him with uh, the rest of the remaining members of, uh, of bless the fall. And uh, just... Everybody was excited that uh, they were out there to support lights and all of that. Somebody had commented on that post, we miss you. If you guys aren't going to make new music or tour again, please just tell us. And Bo responded with a sad face emoji. (laughs) And then everybody's like, oh, you just broke my heart. I'm just like, what kind of a way to tell your fan base is that? Just not like literally no response. It's just a sad face emoji. No, and, and that is it. Like well, there's still been no activity from the band on their mm-hmm. Facebook. Nothing on their Instagram. There's just been news articles that have come out from like AP and Lamgo and all those guys. And just like 
this happened. And Nobody it's, knows what this means. It's a little weird. Um, I follow all of the members, so it, w- it was really cool seeing that photo because it was Elliot, Eric, Bo, Matt, and Jared all mm-hmm. together, and uh, you know, all real, all all of the guys were like, you know, it's it's great to be together in each other's company. Like, you know, just kind of talking about how close they were. Jared had actually posted on his Instagram story, and it was captioned "Take Me Back," and it was a video of the band playing a live show and his bow jumping off speakers into the crowd. And it just, there's been a lot of teasers as to stuff related to the band themselves, but we've also been seeing Elliot and Jared really promoting their new band high winds, which has been separate from bless the fall. So it's, that's right. I remember there's hope there. It's, (laughs) <laughs> it feels like there's some sort of a of hope that the band's going to be able to do something because there's these little teasers. But at the same time, with Bo putting that out, is it's feeling like it's less possible because we're we're now four years removed from hard feelings. We haven't gotten. I hate thinking that 2018 was t- four years ago now. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> So yeah, but like that that kind of just leaves us to today. Like we don't know that the literally that that Instagram post came out 2 days ago mm-hmm. as of the recording of this. So that that is the most up to date that we can possibly get on on Bless the Fall and Yeah. Yeah, that I, I don't really have anything further from these guys. Uh do you have anything else to say? I was just going to kind of geek out about their live shows. They're they're nowhere near gore level. Like I I will make sure that is apparent. Like the, I am not trying to hype these guys up. Like they're putting on a show like gore. No 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 no. These guys are just very very high energy. This is the band I've seen the most of any band I've seen. I've seen them ten times. Jeez. Um, I saw them. That's almost as many times as I've unintentionally seen Fit for a King. <laughs> Literally, uh, I've seen Bless the Fall at I think four different Warp tours. I saw them on their Nut Up or Shut Up tour. It was them. That is a great tour name. I by the love way. the name so much. This, it was actually the last tour they did before they went to record Hollow Bodies. Okay. Um, it was them with the Skylit Drive at the Skylines and someone else. I can't remember who. They did the tour. Um, it was them under. Who the heck was it under? It, w- it was a band I really didn't care about, but the other supporting act at the time I was really big on was New Year's Day. That was a, that was actually a fantastic, really good show. It's kind of a weird blend of bands that were on the ticket, but it's Crown the Empire, New Year's Day, and Too Close to Touch. That sounds right. Yeah, you know what? That's right. Because I was like, Crown the Empire is garbage, and yeah, I still I, stand by that statement. I, I will back you up one hundred percent. Anybody squares up with you, hit, call me. Got you. I'll fight them too. <laughs> <laughs> I saw them. Uh, I was actually supposed to see Bless the Fall with Of Mice and Men. They were uh, Of Mice and Men was supposed to headline. Then it was Bless the Fall, Fire from the Gods. And I want to say Outsiders was actually opening that show. Respectfully. That sounds terrible. <laughs> of Mice and Men actually didn't end up playing. Uh, I think what had happened was Aaron had gotten super, super sick, and I think the rest of the band were, were feeling pretty bad. Uh, so Bless the Fall kind of was just like, we'll step up, we'll headline it. I ended up getting the set list for Bless the Fall and Fire from the Gods from that show. Got to get a picture with everybody except the vocalist of Fire from the Gods, 
And actually, during the show, I was just singing along with the song. The vocalist actually threw the mic in front of us, like, this is cool. Um, but that's not, that wasn't during Bless the Fall set. So I, I'm not going <laughs> to geek out too much about that. I had seen them I'm on. I'm not going to geek out too much, as he says, as he's visibly shaking. Shake, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Bless the Fall for the Hollow Bodies tour they did. It was them, Secrets, Silverstein, and somebody else. I can't remember who was on that on that bill. I ended up not really going for anybody but Bless the Fall. Still a fantastic show. I've seen Silverstein a couple times. They put on a cool show. Silverstein was actually really good. I was quite surprised. I saw them for the 10-year anniversary of Witness tour, which was the last time I had seen them. And it was them and Escape the Fate. They were actually doing the 10-year anniversary of This War is Ours, Mm -hmm. along with Word Alive and... Wait, wait, was Word Alive on that? I think Word Alive was on that. Was that Um, part of their Hard Feelings tour? No, that was the um, Witness tour. Oh, you know what? No, then I don't think it was um, the Word Alive. But I did also see Bless the Fall on the Hard Feelings tour. It was Word Alive, Bless the Fall, I think Thousand Below. I ended up missing them, and I was really bummed out about that. But live show they come on they come on hard they Bo typically is coming on and he's got a bottle of water and he's just spraying the crowd with it like they're high energy right off the gate the other show i saw of theirs it was early 2019 they did a free show at tempe marketplace Mm. and it was I can't remember who the other bands were. Red Jumpsuit Apparatus just did one of those actually recently here, too. Um, <laughs> Outsiders actually opened that show, yeah. which uh, Outsiders ended up o- opening up this Bless the Fall show. Go in. I'm excited. I'm like, bless the fall. Bless the fall. It's the uh, It was April-ish of 2019. So this was the 10-year anniversary of Witness. I'm, I'm waiting for the announcement that this tour is going to happen. So Bless the Fall gets on. And I'm standing probably about dead middle of a crowd, but they like the, 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 you know, the floor hadn't opened up. I'm standing dead in the middle. I'm like, bro, this is going to get, people are going to go ham here in a second. As soon as the first note of wishful sinking starts, the place just opened up and I was like, all right, we, we, we in it boys. (laughs) So it it was an absolute blast of a show. They played some songs off witness. They talked about it being the 10 year anniversary of the record. And I was beyond ecstatic. If you, if they ever do play a show again, if for whatever reason, I recommend going to that show. And if not look up their show when they did the hollow bodies tour actually out here in Arizona, uh, I think you can actually see me in part of the video from crowd surfing at the beginning. It's absolutely, absolute banger of a set list, and they they put on a great show. So that's Bless the Fall. I've never seen Bless <laughs> the Fall live, so I have nothing to add here. Fair enough. <laughs> I've seen almost every other band that you mentioned live, with the exception of a couple there, but <laughs> I've never. Bless the Fall is just one of those bands that's always just kind of like escaped the shows that I'm going to. That's fair, funnily enough. And, and especially now because I don't go to hardly any metalcore shows anymore. <laughs> that's <laughs> completely understandable. But yeah, so that that is going to wrap up uh, Bless the Fall for us. And uh, now we're going to go ahead and move into our hidden track, which is, uh, like most hidden tracks, completely unrelated to anything that we've talked about. Um, 
I'll I'll go ahead and start because I have one thing. Um, it's it's still music related. I I can't help that. That's fair. <laughs> um, but uh, over the this last weekend, I went up to uh, Prescott, Arizona, which is a uh, about two and a half hours north of where we're at uh, here in uh, the Phoenix area. And uh, I was at a, a venue there called The Den for a couple local bands, uh, American Standards, and It's All Grizzly had gone up there. And then a band from Albuquerque called Itami had come out. Um, it was a great show. It was a, just a lot of fun. It's just one of those things I always want to hammer home, like go out, support your local scene, because mm-hmm. every single band that you listen to was local band at one point. And uh, yeah, go 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 hang out with the homies. Also, please support It's All Grizzly. Dipper's been on the podcast for yes. a couple of episodes. He's the vocalist of that band. He's a genuinely fantastic human being. Please go support them. Also, please go support American Standards. I've actually gotten to talk to a couple of the guys from a previous show Gabe and I went to. They're absolutely fantastic human beings. Their music's solid. Please go support both of those bands. I'd venture they put on a better live show than most bands out there currently. I, I can actually stand by that. Their live shows are fantastic, even even for a local band. Yeah. Uh, Matt, what do you got for us this week? This one, uh, I actually recently saw Morbius on Friday. And how was that? So, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it was okay. Overall, the movie story-wise was oh, decent. I'm not... I haven't ever really followed Morbius in the comics, even though I'm kind of a big comic nerd. Morbius was just never one of the characters that kind of hit my radar. So I can't really speak to the loyalty to the character in that regard. So I'm not I'm not going to try and act as if I am. I'm going to describe you my thoughts as a n- sort of normie moviegoer. Cliff notes and go. Cliff notes and go. <laughs> it is too dark. They took the dark filter that, like, Man of Steel and Batman v like, Superman did. Like, visually it's too dark? Visually or, it's or too dark, yeah. it's too dark. Visually. Okay. So, like, so, um, you know the dark scale they did in, like, Man, Man of Steel and Batman v Superman? Yeah. Imagine that, like, tripled. Oh. Like, it, it, it was just way too dark. Like, already, thematically, it's going to be dark. So, like, I understand the dark filter a little bit. This was too much. Mm. The other really big complaint is the way that they did the visual effects for a lot of the fight scenes. There was too much happening at once, and it it just ended up being a lot of a blurry mess. So it was like the OG days of uh, Marvel fight scenes? I would, yeah. (laughs) But it was... There's, and I understand they were trying to insinuate, like, the this is moving very, very quickly because they're... Without trying to spoil too much... The uh, main character is a vampire. So, like, vampires are supposed to be super fast. (gasps) Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) And so, like, okay, I understand that. The other thing that really messed with a lot of the visuals is the effect they did for Morbius using his echolocation. Obviously, we know bats and vampires are very strongly connected, and vampires have a lot of the same like abilities as bats. So when they're trying to show Morbius doing this echolocation, is everything suddenly becomes fuzzy to insinuate, like, this is not being seen with your eyes. Add on top of that the choreographed fight scenes and trying to have everything move really fast and show like everything's all super, you know, super sped. It all looks just bad. And I, that was a really big letdown for it. 
if you folks do go and see the movie, definitely stay through till the end of the credits. There is an end credit scene that does set up some stuff that... There's two end credit scenes. Yes. I've um, watched, I haven't seen the movie, but I've watched both of them. My God, they're terrible. <laughs> I... What really... The reason I recommend to stay form is what it's implying to set up. Um, and if you're familiar with any of the kind of sony movies is it's gonna it's gonna kind of make sense so without you know without spoiling anything definitely stay for the end credits if you're looking to see it if you're going to watch a movie for enjoyment you might get it out of this movie i'm not i would say don't go in with high hopes though yeah um I, I'm my one thought on this because I I haven't seen the movie mm-hmm. and I, I don't really anticipate seeing it because I don't care. That's fair. But um, the the one thing I read on it was Jared Leto now has credit to the worst DC movie <laughs> and the worst Marvel movie. Yeah. So <laughs> now obviously it's not being made by Marvel as in the Marvel branded company, but just underneath the Marvel helm, this is yeah. produced by Sony and Sony has notoriously made terrible movies within the spider verse. <laughs> yeah. And it, so basically he's just playing a Marvel character because yeah. yeah, that's, that's just a hot mess. But that being said, that is going to do it for us today. So we do appreciate you guys taking the time to uh, listen to us. Matt, where can they find us? You can find us on TikTok, on Instagram, on Facebook, as well as YouTube, all at TentacleBop. And one day we'll do something with all of those. Yes. <laughs> and maybe we might even start a Twitter. I can't even think about that anymore right now. <laughs> Uh, please like, rate, subscribe to us on uh, wherever you get your podcasts. If there is a place that you want to hear us on that we're not on somehow, reach out to us. Let us know. Um, Instagram is probably the easiest form of communication for us currently just because that's the one that notifies me the easiest. And I can hop over to that pretty quickly. I feel like <laughs> you and I are both just on Instagram a lot more than anything else. You'd be very wrong. Well, I guess. <laughs> I'm only on Instagram when somebody sends me something, which unfortunately is a lot because of you and MJ. That's beside the point. That's a fair Moving point. Uh, <laughs> next week, we'll be back with another catch episode, uh, just kind of going over new music that was released this week and new music that was released next, and just kind of uh, giving our thoughts and feelings on all of those. We'll be able to break down that Papa Roach record a little bit more. Yeah, which... we'll, we'll dive into Ego Trip, which... Oh, dear God. Uh... And uh, just some other really cool things that, uh, that uh, had popped out. But in the meantime, we'll see you later. Catch you in the next one. Oh, 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 o